2: One thing I know is that I am always making excuses for not reading the Bible. I'm terrible at being consistent about it, yet I know that's what I need most in life. You'd think that it would just be easy to pick up a book and read it, but nope. I usually find literally anything else to do other than reading, even for like 10 or 15 minutes. Thankfully, I found a tool that's actually been helpful for being consistent in reading the Bible, and that app's called Dwell. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experience for the Bible. They've got over a dozen new recordings of the Bible, hand-picked, silky smooth voices that will engage and inspire you. And they've got the best versions of the Bible too, like the ESV and NIV. One of the coolest things about Dwell is their read-along experience. Like If you've ever seen Apple Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from the read-along feature at Dwell. Beautifully designed backgrounds, big, bold text, scrolls as the narrator reads to you, if you've got trouble getting in the habit of consistently reading the Bible like me, you should at least give Dwell a try. Go to dwellapp.io slash preachersandsneakers to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for life. My wife and I use Dwell all the time as a great alternative to reading the Word. As someone who's not great at being organized, the reading plans that they have as well are a helpful tool. So again, to get started with Dwell, go to dwellapp.io slash Preachers and Sneakers to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for Life. 33% off means you save 50 bucks. So make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash Preachers and Sneakers and commit to scripture for the rest of this year or for your life. What it do, bebe? It's the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. It's your boy, BK. We're back at it again. Episode 2 of the special season of the PNS podcast as we head towards the release of my brand new book, Preachers and Sneakers, Authenticity in an Age of For-Profit Faith and Want to Be Celebrities. I appreciate all the love so far with the Instagram account and also for the podcast, it's the special season of the podcast, the IG Lives, everybody that's pre-ordered. I really appreciate everybody doing that. That's been uh, huge and the support has been amazing and surprising because uh, I fully expected to be old news two years into this. So, um, you know, I have some helpful, I have some really talented people working on my side to uh, help get the word out about the book, but also a big portion of this is due to all of you that are listening and watching, and um, I'm very grateful for that. Today, I'm recording this on Friday, April 16th, because I mean a little bit of life update. Uh, we are apparently having our child a few days early due to some scheduling issues that were not, uh, our fault, but we're going in on Monday to basically have this baby. Um, so I'm totally chill. I'm totally chill and not freaking out. I'm not panicked and I'm not, uh, completely unequipped and losing my mind. So I'm recording this podcast in advance to release, on april twenty first on schedule but i'm most like i'm expecting to not be coherent or uh be a viable member of society than due to lack of sleep and uh pure anxiety and just existential dread by realizing that I'm now having to take care of a keep a person alive and it's all on my wife and i so I'm recording this now in hopes that I can be a better state of mind today than I will on Wednesday. Um, and its I was already planning to talk about this topic because it's a big part of the book, talking about celebrity culture, talking about celebrities that are Christians and Christians that are celebrities and Christian celebrities that are pastors to... Celebrity Christians or vice versa. It's, it's one of those things. Um, but then this article comes out from GQ, a conversation with uh, one of the designer dons himself, Justin Bieber. It's like a very long article by Zach Barron, photography by Ryan McKinley, McGinley. Uh, And the title of the article is The Redemption of Justin Bieber. It's really interesting because they talk about a lot and they emphasize how different of a person he is now, maybe even, sorry, uh, how different of a person he is now versus like a couple years ago. Um, And it was a really good read. It was really well done. And you can tell that he is a completely different person. But he he took a, a part of the interview to make a mention about celebrity pastors. And let me pull this section up because it was, it was like, what is happening? Like this, somebody uh, on Twitter yesterday, I can't remember who originated it, but I saw it being shared around on Twitter. Uh, But Pat Robertson had basically condemned police violence against uh, African Americans as he should. But somebody said, Who had woke Pat Robertson on their 2021 bingo card? Like things, nothing is as it seems apparently anymore. People talking uh, in basically opposition about who they've been for the past several years. Um, So Justin, when they start talking about his relationship with God, he starts talking about celebrity pastors and basically making celebrities out of uh, Christian leaders. And I'm just going to read the part of it in case you haven't read it. It says, Bieber has been around different churches. He's a former attendee of Hillsong, a church once closely associated with the now disgraced Pastor Carl Lentz, who was fired for moral failures last year. Bieber doesn't mention Lentz by name or even indirectly, but he says he has seen firsthand how faith in its various institutional forms can morph into just another kind of celebrity worship. He says, I think so many pastors put themselves on this pedestal, he says, and it's basically church can be surrounded around the man, the pastor, the guy, and it's like this guy has this ultimate relationship with God that we all want, but we can't get because we're not this guy. That's not the reality, though. The reality is every human being has the same access to God. And then he goes in to talk about his relationship with Judah Smith. And uh, I thought that statement was interesting because one it's easy on on the surface and like the easiest thing to do is point is like the most famous dude in the entire world is commenting about uh making one a celebrity but i think it's a little more nuanced than that like you expect a pop superstar to be a celebrity by nature of how people are and how people worship people that are good musicians and Bieber's a real talent I mean, there's, he's the king of melody, I think, and uh, deserve it of a lot of his celebrity. But it's really like, he's the guy. It's like the, but so like, is easy. I keep saying like, like a freaking teenager. He says, I think so many pastors put themselves on this pedestal. And so, one, it's interesting that the one of the maybe top five most famous people in the entire world, has any type of commentary on celebrity culture, but also maybe he's the best person to talk about it. But he mentions, I think so many pastors put themselves on this pedestal and it's basically church can be surrounded around the man, the pastor, the guy. And it's like, this guy's the ultimate relationship with God that we all want, but we can't get because we're not this guy. Maybe if he says it, you guys will, will agree that there might be a problem. (laughs) Uh, so, I agree with the point that he's saying is like pastors put themselves on the pedestal, but also we freaking put them on a pedestal for years and years and years. We have, uh, flocked to the best looking, best talking, best teaching guys for obvious reasons. And by one way or the other have put them on a pedestal, even if they didn't want it. And, This is something that I'm hoping more of us start talking about, how we fight against this idea that we can elevate one person over God. But it's also interesting that the guy uh, that's saying these things also basically made, significantly contributed to this whole culture of uh, celebrity pastors. I mean, the reason the uh, top, the most popular maybe five or six dudes are popular is because they were connected to Bieber. Judah, John Gray, Chad, Carl Lentz, uh, maybe Chris Durso. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's homies with him. Uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Like all of these guys are on their pedestals because they were Justin Bieber's freaking spiritual confidants or leaders or advisors. I don't blame anybody for having spiritual advisors or mentors or anything. Um, but it's just an interesting shift between where he was taking all these guys in and, uh, building relationships with them. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with any of this. I'm just saying objectively, he's a big reason that this culture exists. Uh, because over the past, I don't know, five to 10 years, there's been this surge of attention towards the guys that are connected with Bieber and Kanye. And, uh, I think this is a marked shift in the culture where even Bieber, who is the pinnacle of superstardom is saying, this doesn't look to be healthy. And, you know, I'm not exactly looking to, to Bieber for all my worldviews, but I think it's just an interesting comment he chose to make, for this very detailed GQ interview. Like he Bieber clearly cares about his faith a ton by even just listening to his new album or his new EP. And so he cares about this kind of thing. And I think he was probably burned by some of these guys that maybe aren't relationship with him anymore, where it might've seemed like they were using him for fame by proximity. I don't know, but it seems like it's made an effect on him and it's worth, it's worth bringing up to him. But even deeper, and something I want us all to consider, I mean, something I wrestle with all the time, is, is when we need to start caring about what the aftershocks of creating superstars like this are. When you build a pastor or a worship leader to the point where they have immense global influence, reach beyond comprehension... When do we, as people from afar that care about the message of Jesus being an accurate message and uh, accurate representation of who he is and who his people are, when do we get to care about some guy building this platform that clearly is a house of cards, that if he screws up, he erodes his entire ministry and jacks it all up for all of us? I mean, are we we allowed to care about that? Bieber cares about that. I don't think it's just on the pastors that put him on the pedestal. I think it's on all of us that we all have our people that we idolize, even if not like passively. And I think it's worth considering who those people are in our lives and trying to fight against the idea that they're any more special than us. I mean, sure, this is like a symptom of of our culture in itself. Like we love famous people. We love it when people blow up overnight or we love it when people are, uh, super attractive or super talented. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in a vacuum, but once we turn these people into many gods, uh, the fallout can be very significant. And I agree with Bieber that while we do it, pastors do put themselves on a pedestal and it's very evident by looking at certain social media accounts or watching their sermons, who it's about. Because oftentimes it's not about Jesus or the God that created the universe. It's about the guy. One way or the other, it's about the guy. The guy turns into the brand. The brand is what attracts people. And people come to the church really to see the guy or the girl. And I'm hoping that there's a shift coming within churches that says, we don't want this to be anchored to any one person other than Jesus, because when it is, it very quickly becomes about the guy. And now we're serving some human that is flawed and apt to screw it all up. But we keep doing it and. people over the past two years have called me a divisive a-hole for even questioning this whole concept and i guess i just wanted to say that when i saw bieber bring this up in gq i was like thank you like maybe the world will listen if he says it where it's like this is riskier than just saying oh you're just being jealous this guy's more famous than you i don't give a i don't i do not care about followers or platform or anything i care about how big these dudes' platforms are getting and in turn putting actual people's faiths at risk. Me pointing this stuff out is not what's putting people's faith at risk. It's the actual existence of these like, pretty substantial problems. And so I at least want to be the type of person that isn't scared to say, hey, uh, I know this isn't any one person's fault, but collectively... This seems like a an issue worth attacking and not just brushing under the rug like we've done for decades. Like, sure, it's easy to poke fun at celebrity pastors because it's kind of like it's easy to caricaturize them. Uh, skinny jeans, big glasses, nice hair, nice jaw. Like, it's easy to make fun of it, but also when you see the carnage that can come from them screwing up or even them maybe not completely like getting fired or anything, but just saying something in a way on all of their platforms that can be misinterpreted or uh, misrepresents what Jesus is actually about. I mean, I want to care about that stuff. I, well, I, I don't know if it doesn't matter if I want to, I do care about that stuff. And I know not everybody cares about celebrity pastor culture, but for whatever reason, that's something that's on my heart. I wrote about it in the book, and uh, you know it's not exactly every single situation and, and terrible issue about celebrity Christian culture, but there's there's a lot in there talking about. I mean, talking about the wide range of things from Passion Conference and their fully stocked suites and Escalades to drive them around to the, you know, green rooms and exclusive entrances and handlers and somebody holding their Bible so they can read it while they walk, treating these guys like they're something to be, uh, handled or elevated more so than the other person. (coughs) Whoa, huge, (laughs) huge voice crack. Maybe that's my cue to get off of here. Maybe I don't know anything about what I'm talking about, but I think it's just interesting that Bieber is bringing this up because it's indicative of like he represents a lot of culture, and it's indicative of what the culture is starting to realize or starting to pay attention to. And if Bieber's the guy that gets you all to think and talk about this thing, so be it. Like I don't, I don't care if you listen to what I say or take anything uh, about what I say to heart, but. I think there's a lot of things here that are happening in our churches that are making us look further like a clown show. And we should take steps to shift in the other direction. My buddy JP, and I write about this in the book. I've, I stole so much stuff from Jonathan Picluda because he he gets this. But JP in one of his books talks about killing the hero. And that really stuck out to me because it basically characterized what i've been trying to get everyone to do and that is to actively make it less about the person i think it was in his book uh welcoming the future church basically at the porch in dallas the ministry he used to lead they would have big name quote-unquote big name speakers come in and speak but they wouldn't advertise it in order to get people to come it would just be a surprise. And like, sure, that doesn't solve the whole issue about making guys and girls worshipped by other Christians, but it at least doesn't leverage their fame to serve your own purposes. Like, it is so annoying when, you know, there's a guest speaker somewhere and they intro him, like, one of the greatest communicators of our generation is here tonight with us. Or you see, like, there's billboards in Dallas where, like, uh, First Baptist... Church Dallas, Robert Jefferson Church will say, so-and-so political person is going to be here on Sunday. Be sure to come check us out. Like using people as an attraction factor for church seems unsat to me. Because you're using famous people as a tool. And I write about this in the book too. Like fame in and of itself isn't inherently good like the whole concept of, quote-unquote, making Jesus famous. Jesus doesn't want him to make, like, Jesus doesn't want us to make him famous. He wants to have relationships with people, and he wants us to help others find a relationship with him. How many famous people in the world do you have a relationship with? Fame shouldn't be the end goal. And fame by proximity, uh, or like wanting to get fame by proximity, is a drug in itself, rambling a little bit, going off a, a couple tangents that maybe aren't completely in, uh, in line with my uh, initial train of thought, and stick with me here. The idea that fame is an innate good and that Jesus wants us to make him famous and we also want to emulate Jesus's life makes it a pretty short jump to say, Hey, maybe I should be famous. Maybe this is a genuine pursuit, but it's like, there's very few examples of uh, someone just doing it. Amazing living through a famous life in a completely amazing way. Yet we still are accepting of guys and girls becoming globally recognized celebrities Getting the extra green room treatment, the private jets, the handlers, the exclusive access. I mean, it, it seems like just a formula for screwing things up over and over and over, but we keep just like overvaluing the people that have all that stuff. And so is there a better way? Is there ways that we can say, hey, even if I've got a platform, hey, even if I feel like I'm famous... What are ways that I, if you believe in Christianity, like if you're a Christian, are there ways that I could say, look, this isn't about me. I'm no better. You called me the greatest communicator of my generation. That's flattery. Like, I, I'm just a human. Don't put any stock in me. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Sure, I'm talented. Or he's given me gifts to do one thing or the other. But don't worship me. Don't come to this church to see me. If you want to, I think even Matt Chandler said that sometime, like, got it. Like there's different people have different views about Matt Chandler. I've appreciated his perspective, at least in that, where he's like, dude, don't come to the village to see me. If you want to come just to the village, just to see Matt Chandler speak, stream it online. Like we want people that are involved, that are here to work on the cause of Christ, not just to consume a good talk. I mean, you could do that on YouTube for hours. So, man, I'm starting to, like, kind of fire myself up a little bit. I guess I'm just impassioned about it because it seems like something that should be glaring in everyone's faces. Yet we still will, like, buy tickets to such and such conference to go see a lineup of T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, and all the other just arena act preachers. And that's just, I don't see that ending well. But also, I'm an idiot. And I'm not, again, I'm not anything special, but you're on my podcast, so I get to talk about whatever I want. Um, So yeah, I just thought that was uh, interesting that Bieber would bring that up and it just, it felt like a good way to intro this whole idea that celebrity culture isn't just like a buzzword to talk about in the news. Kind of like cancel culture or anything else. Like this, this stuff is actively happening. Even if, you know, we're still, half of us are doing virtual church, there are still guys and girls that have immense power and influence and reach and money making opportunities because of just their ability to be a good preacher. And again, I don't fault anybody for making their money. I fault, I more fault us for creating the demand to create these type of people because we're putting the the we're putting the faith at risk. Got it. God, Jesus doesn't need any one of us technically, but it also doesn't send a great message when we build guys and girls up as celebrities and they come crashing down because they do something stupid and then we all have to sit back and be like, well, oh, my thing's unfocused. Well, maybe we'll get it right next time. Let's go. I mean, at least we have these other celebrity guys that are doing it right. Come on, bro. So anyways, I think you should care about that. I think you should care about uh, auditing your own mind and heart about who you idolize. I know I've had to. I constantly have to. Also, if you have a platform, I think you should be vocal about if you have a platform and you're a Christian or you care about, uh, your witness, you should actively fight against people thinking you're awesome. Like, sure. If somebody compliments you, you should receive it in order to like bless the person that is giving you a compliment. You want to downplay everything, but also you need to check yourself and have your other people around you check you if you're starting to enjoy too much of the people saying you're great or awesome or talented or the world's best communicator, because that's, that rarely leads to just doing it amazing. And again, this is just from my own perspective. This is from my own work going into writing the book. And, uh, but it's a big part of what the book is about, about, Examining, analyzing, and hopefully fighting against the culture that makes much of dudes and less of God. Because dudes are terrible gods to follow. I am a terrible god to follow. You should check everything I say against scripture, wise people around you in your life, all that kind of stuff. But if you don't, if you have never thought about that or don't care about it, I think you should care about it. Got it. You can't care about everything all the time. Every person's personal vendetta. Uh, Sure, like this, it may be more on my heart than a lot of other people. But if you care about the flourishing of the church, I think you should care about this because it's actively putting uh, our faith or at least our representation of our faith at risk. And it's up to us, the people that actually comprise the church or the actual people that make up the church. It's on us to make change. And I think even if, like you specifically, whoever is listening to this, don't care about this and just think it's another kind of buzzword that we use in the news, I still think there's a shift coming. I still think that there's going to be some significant shifts in how we do church over the next, I don't know, ten years. Cause the model of basing it around one guy, one pastor couple at the top, eventually is going to become too repeatable. Like the the downfall of doing that model is going to become too repeatable. Like I think a lot more people are going to shift to doing home church, like old school like startup churches and try to keep it there instead of building it into some massive bazillion dollar corporation. Like, sure, there's merit to the impact and reach that a a big corporation can have, but I think a lot of people are getting sick of all the extra stuff that, uh, all the extra stuff, all the extra worship of the more talented, more beautiful, more gifted people. I think a lot of people are going to be fed up with that and either leave church altogether or transition to a a model that's radically different than what we've done for the past 20, 30 years. And maybe that's for the best. I think a shift is coming. I think there's too many things that are happening in the public eye and in church circles that I highly doubt it's going to keep being a single pastor couple at the top that are charged with Being the brand, being the attraction, being the team leader for everybody. I just don't. I think that's going away. And I think it's going to be a rude awakening for some of these people that have been rest. (coughs) There again, with the voice crack. Maybe maybe you got to tell me, dude, everything you're saying is completely wrong. Um, I'll finish my point, though, (laughs) before I get struck down. They're going to have a rude awakening. Because they've been resting on their laurels in how they have run their churches. And I think the ones that are going to survive and adapt over the next 10 years are going to do it in a radically different way that don't depend on one guy or one girl. Not putting one pastor or one pastor couple on a pedestal because that pedestal inevitably is going to lead to their demise in one way or the other. The the expectations are either going to get so high that they're going to get burnt out. They're going to feel like they'll never be able to live up to the expectations, or they're going to have it go to their head and they're going to end up treating people terribly, taking advantage of them, getting personal gain off of their status and their position, or they're going to have some type of moral failure after years and years of ministry and make it worse for everybody involved. And hopefully enough smart people in churches around are going to take a stand and say, we want to do it differently. We want to make this only about Jesus. We want to make this only about what he calls us to and about none of this extra stuff. That's what I hope for everybody. That's what I hope for our church. I hope uh, That's what I hope for myself is that I can not get intoxicated by people thinking I'm funny or thinking that I'm, got making good points. Like I'm just an idiot dude. I'm sitting in this like 10 by 10 office in North Texas. Like I've, I've got nothing, nothing to offer other than what I've learned from other people and maybe what God has gifted me with. And to be clear, like I, I enjoy, I enjoy having a big platform. I enjoy the feeling of, of having people, treat me differently because of this account or the book or whatever. But I have to constantly repent of that saying that feels too good. Like that could easily become my God or getting likes and engagement on a post or seeing my name in a, a headline or something, even my fake name in a headline. That can very quickly become my God. And I've got to repent to that all the time, like constantly. So if you know me, I hope you check me on that. And if you don't know me, I hope that uh, you have people around you that are able to speak true things into your life and hopefully prevent you from putting yourself on a pedestal like Justin was talking about. Now got it. Later on in the article, it talks about his relationship with Judah and how much Justin loves Judah Smith. You could possibly see Judah as a Celebrity pastor, but also I had a really good conversation with Judah, and that conversation is coming with the audiobook version of the Preachers and Sneakers book. So if you're interested in hearing that, you should check out the audiobook. It's not too, I mean, it's like 10 bucks or something. It's free uh, on Audible. I mean, it's free if you have an Audible subscription. You got to pay for everything all the time. Um, but you should check that out uh, because Ju- uh, Judah has some good points about Justin in there. And Judah seems like a genuinely uh, invested guy into Justin's life. Like they're actually friends. Like Judah's not using Justin for anything. And I think very quickly you can realize that. So I'd encourage you to listen to that conversation. I'm probably going to go back and listen to it. But either way, uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Wanted to get on here and talk about a little bit about celebrity pastor culture, talking about building people into Christian celebrities or celebrities that turn Christian. Or celebrity pastors who pastor celebrities. Uh there's more of that in the book. You can uh check out that chapter. It's called Kanye, Kim, and Carl. I wrote this chapter way before all the stuff happened with uh Carl most recently. Um but the, the, the chapter is called Kanye Kim and Carl. What do we do with Christian celebrities? I think it's an interesting um set of questions. It's a look into maybe how we treat celebrities, Christian celebrities now. And some of the questions that arise from that, some of the things I've already talked about on the podcast and, uh, I hope you check it out. I hope you, uh, get something from it. I hope it leads to some good discussion for you, your friends, your communities, give it to somebody that maybe is a fan of, of, uh, mega church celebrity pastor. Uh, I think it, there's something in there for everybody. If you hate me, fine. Like if you think that I'm a hypocrite for having a platform and talking about other people with a platform, then you'll always think I'm a hypocrite. But, uh, you know, if this isn't for you. Then you're incapable of thinking about nuance or even like trying to empathize with the other side. So this book isn't for you. So don't buy the book. But for everybody else that's willing to at least ask questions and think about something for a second, uh, I would encourage you to check out the book, pre order it. Uh, this is coming out April 21st. So it's only six days, six. Take two. This is only six days away from the re- the global release of the book. So if you don't pre-order it, you got to wait a few more days uh, to get your hands on it. But I would encourage everybody to do that. I appreciate that. For all the information, you can go to preachersandsneakers.com. That's where all the links are to pre-order. There should be a free chapter of the audiobook on the website. by now on, on April 21st. So you can check that out for free on preachersandsneakers.com. And as always... I appreciate all the time that you spend listening to this podcast, and I know that maybe some of the things I say are misguided or uh, uninformed. And so, if you've got opinions or comments, you can always email me or DM me, uh, and I will respond to the ones that it seem like they're actually having to, like seem like they're actually trying to have a conversation. The ones where you're just being a d bag, probably not going to respond, just because I know you're a d bag, and it's not going to serve any of us. So, again, thanks for spending. The time listening to the podcast, checking out the YouTube again. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to YouTube, hit the notification bell so that you know when a new one of these videos drops. And, uh, you know, all the prayers and diapers and uh, advice are appreciated about this new monster baby that we now have in our possession. So, uh, if you think about it, please pray.
0: Peace at Parker.